The biggest thing that I want them to know, you know, design or DIY is that if you really want something, you can do it. Like, I feel like we hear this a lot as humans, but not very many of us believe it. And the thing is, is you just have to try. You just have to kind of get out of that box. Trying something new can be intimidating, but our guest today believes we should all do it anyway. Misha Bolin is a self-taught DIY expert who never shies away from a project. She's been sharing her designs for years on social media, and she's always thinking about what's next. Today, she's joining me to talk about her style, how she involves her kids in the home improvement process, and why she thinks she'll never live in a forever home. Welcome to Heart of the Home, a podcast exploring the personal histories that inspire our surroundings, candid conversations about the stories behind the pretty pictures, tales of design and renovations gone wrong and right, because a home isn't just a structure filled with themes, it's the people who live there. So join me as we explore the unique stories that help each of us find our way home. Misha, I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for making the trek up a little further north. It is, than a, where, it is a little bit of a trek here. Yeah, and it's a snowy day today. Welcome to spring in Utah. I know, right? Okay, I want to dive into a lot of things with you. I'm so fascinated, though. I want to start. I've heard you talk a little bit online about the way that you grew up and that you had a large family. And, mm-hmm. you know, talk about that dynamic in your home growing up and what it was like and what kind of house you grew up in. Okay. So I grew up in a family with eight children. I have one brother. It's a guy. lot of estrogen in, the, in it, the same house. It really is. I am at the tail end, so I only have one sister that's younger than me, and then there's like a four a four year gap between me and the sister above me. So, although it was a really big family, I don't remember everyone being at home all at once that much. You know what I mean? So, like the older portion of my family, I didn't even get to know till I was basically an adult. But it was crazy. I mean, my mom was a dance teacher. My dad owned his own business. He was a salesman. And it was just like all the chaos plus more than you could imagine. Where did you grow up? In Seattle, Washington until I was 10. And then we moved to Indiana and we were introduced to country music for the first time. (laughs) So it was a bit of a culture shock for our entire family. What took your family across the country? My dad's job. So he had an opportunity to buy into the business that he was currently doing. um, And it was just, you know, a move up the ladder. How did you feel as a child? being uprooted and moving to a place you had never been before and a new culture and a new everything. Well, I will say I felt very bad for my older sisters who were in high school for the move. I was still in elementary school, but I was very, very shy as a child. And I like it really took me into my adult years to get over that. So it was a hard move. It was a hard move. With both of your parents working and so many kids in the house How would you describe like the feeling in your home, your childhood home? (laughs) So it's interesting. I feel like with some personalities, the busy you are, the more efficient you are. I definitely felt that way in our family. Um, Though my both my parents worked, my dad's office was from home and my mom's, uh, you know, she owned her own dance school. So her schedules, she did align her schedule. 
it was crazy and busy and my older siblings would watch us a lot, but it was still a place I felt comfortable and watched and loved. You know, I, I appreciate so much how you've talked about on social media, how, you know, you live in a really beautiful home in a really beautiful neighborhood. And thank you. I think it's easy for people to look and go, oh my gosh, well, they must've just come for money. Right. That's why they have this gorgeous house. Right. But you've been candid on social media and you've said, whoa, 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 whoa. No, like my husband and I built this from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me more about that. Let's expand on that a little bit. It's funny because my husband and I actually met selling alarms door to door. Now, if you talk to a lot of people, I would say the majority of them would be not willing to do that job. It is hard. It's hard. <laughs> it's a lot of rejection. Work. It's a lot of long days. And we built we built our life on that job. It really took a, it propelled us at a young age into a very different category financially and taught me so much along the way about myself and just about life and work ethic and everything. So, I feel like there are certain things that you have to ask yourself, are you willing to do? to get to a different place. And I was willing to do that. Why did you feel like doing alarms was the right move for you at a really young age? And, and what about your husband? You were like, this is my guy. Like we were, you know, we're going to do something more together. So I'll tell you kind of a little bit more about that. My husband and I um, kind of lived parallel lives for a few years. So I went to school at BYU for two years. Um, he was also there during those same two years. He left uh, and went on a mission. And then we we somehow ended up in Washington at the same time. And we lived there for like a year overlapping. And then we moved to Arizona where we met two weeks after we both moved there. Oh my gosh. Um, so there was this weird alignment of like moving around, like almost like you know, quotation marks, it was meant to be, right? So we met and I had moved down there. My whole family had moved down there while I was going to school in Seattle for fashion design. I had graduated and realized that I didn't really want to dive into that um, career. Basically, I felt forced to go to LA or New York and really live this lifestyle that didn't, it didn't align with what I wanted for my future. So I loved the school I loved my education, but I kind of felt found myself in this like weird little, what do I do now, you know, in Arizona. And then I had met my husband. He was selling alarms and I was like, oh, I'm broke. You know, I have no job. I've just graduated. I'm going to try this, which if you would ask anyone in my family at that time, would Misha ever sell alarms door to door? They would say, hell no. No, because you're shy. <laughs> yes. You like, were shy. This, this was really like what kind of got me out of, it got me out of my comfort zone in so many ways, but I did it. Um, and I actually, at that time, it was very male dominated. There were no women who sold door to door. So when I told, you know, my husband now and his friend that I wanted to sell, they were like, whatever, you know, <laughs> and I like had to call them for like three weeks. Hey, I want take me out, take me on the doors, you know, train me how to do this. Finally, they did. And then my first day out, I sold, you know, I just went out. And I was like, I'm going to get a deal. I'm going to get a deal. I'm going to get a deal. And um, I did. At the end of my first day, I had to call uh, my trainer like eight times in the house. It was these people. They must have been like the nicest people in the world. They're like, what is this girl doing? But I did it. And so 
I said, okay, this can be repeated. And it turns out that, you know, my husband and I, we worked in that field. My husband still works for for AmSmart, who is an alarm company. Um, he's a regional manager now, and I don't sell anymore. But I did. I learned how to do it. And yeah, it was just, to be honest with you, I actually, I actually was one of the top, the top sellers. So that was like a big ego boost for me and a big confidence builder like that. I can do anything if I really, really want to. Yeah. And it probably set you in a place financially that gave you a little bit more freedom than somebody else your age. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, we were able to travel to Europe together before we had kids. Um, I was able to really just like, I mean, in so many ways, you're like 25 years old. And all of a sudden, like your life has changed financially and you can either blow it or you can figure out how to use this to like propel your life forward. And I feel like my husband and I were just like a really good match. The yin to my yang, you know, we have different strengths and it's just, we've been really blessed. How did you, what kind of conversations did you guys have when you very first got married? Like, this is the kind of life we want to create. This is the kind of home we want to create. This is the kind of family we want to create. I feel like we kind of knew a lot about each other. We were friends for two years before we even actually looked at each other with attraction. <laughs> um, so we had a really good friendship base and I feel like we knew kind of who each other were. But yeah, I mean, we have a similar background as far as like um, religion. He grew up in a family of six. I grew up in a family of eight. Um, we knew we wanted kids, just not that many. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I just feel like we are, we just really aligned in, in a lot of ways. How did you end up in Utah? <laughs> Against both of our will. We lived in Arizona. We met there. We loved Arizona. My family lived down there. We had grown to love the desert, although I will say we were leaving for summer still selling alarms. And so we had not experienced a true Arizona summer until like Chris had kind of moved up and created more offices. And so he was in a different position. Um, we quit traveling. And <laughs> I remember distinctly walking out of Walmart one day with groceries at like four o'clock and the heat coming down on me and below me from the black asphalt was like murder. It was it was like you were walking yeah, on the and, surface of the and, sun. And again, I grew up in Indiana. So like, you know, you have the humid heat, but this is just like, it's just different. Yeah. So at that point, Chris is like, what do you think about going up to Utah? And I was like, well, I've never really pictured myself living in Utah, but he was still traveling quite a bit for his job. And about 50% of his travel was to Utah where the headquarters of his job were. So hmm. we were having kids. He was still traveling. I used to travel with him. Now I'm back with the kids. So we decided to move to Utah. And we came up here and we rented a house just to test it out, make sure we could be Utah people. Um, <laughs> you know, so we were noncommittal. Uh, and we turns out we love it. I mean, we we both love the outdoors. There's so much here for if you love hiking and, you know, outdoor living, all that stuff. So we love it. So you move here. You have what, two kids at the time? Yes. Two kids at the time. And you bought a fixer-upper. Is that right? Yeah. So we bought one. Um, you know, we intentionally bought this house so that I could learn how to do the projects that I was designing. That's why you bought a fixer-upper was, was so that like, you could learn? That was the conversation. Like, Chris, I want to learn how to do board and batten. 
I want to learn how to install light fixtures. I want to, I think I can do this. So we bought that house. And then that was when I started like taking some pictures of projects and such on Instagram with no business intention there. Absolutely not. And just like, hey, look what I learned how to do, you know? Did you grow up in a house where like were your parents super handy or <laughs> or was this like totally outside of the norm? My mom was handy in the sense that she could sew anything. But outside of that, no. My dad, I mean, he had tools. I don't think we ever used them. Um, so no, I didn't grow up with someone like showing me how to use a saw or anything like that. But my mom was a big ag- advocate of having a nice home to the best of her budget. And so I feel like I definitely honed in on that as a child. So you buy this house. It's a fixer fixer upper. You have young children. You don't know anything about how to pick up power tools or anything. How did you get started (laughs) just like having the courage to pick up a drill? Yeah. So my husband, he's more handy than he'll ever admit. And he does not like to do projects. But he grew up on the paint route, as they called it as a child. So his dad was a paint contractor, and that was his job. His, you know, all growing up was painting residential homes, hotels, all that kind of stuff. So he was around it a little more, um, although he doesn't enjoy it and doesn't like it. He, you know, introduced me to his dad. His dad would show me like his tools and stuff. And so, and I think his dad liked that. I was like interested in it, like, you know, show me how to do that. So I feel like um, because of my husband, it kind of gave me a little bit of a foundation there. What was your very first project? Do you remember? My very first, I think it might've actually been board and batten in my piano room in that house. Yeah. What was that feeling when you did it and you finished it? (laughs) Frustration. And also at the end, like, oh, okay. Like check mark one down a million zillion to go. (laughs) Yeah. How did you know like this was your thing? So I, I love interior design, but I hate it when people tell me that they don't have the money to have a nice home because I grew up in a home that wasn't like the best home. But again, like my, I feel like my parents really like focused on creating a a home that was comfortable and presentable on the best of their budget. And so I feel like that no matter where I end up financially, I want to help people have the best home that they can possibly have. So I feel like adding the DIY was just another notch in my belt to say, hey, like anyone can do this if you really, really want it. Uh, So you get working on this house, you're doing a gazillion projects. How did you... Like, what was the response from people? How did you decide, okay, I'm done with this house. We're ready for the next project. Well, we had transformed the whole kitchen. We did the piano room. I think we did, we repainted everything in the house. And we, I mean, this, the intention of this house was again to fix it up and sell it. So it was never like, we want to stay here. So we had just been driving around in Utah and in a bunch of different neighborhoods And we just kept coming back to this certain neighborhood that we just loved. Um, And a lot actually came available that had previously been bought by two other owners. And it came up. And so we just just bought it. You just bought the lot. We bought the lot. And the day before we closed, we actually went to a neighborhood party. And we're like, 
let's see what we're getting into before we sign these papers. <laughs> you got to test it out a little bit, you right? Do. You I do. Know, I know the feeling. Yeah. And you know, like moving into that neighborhood and going to that party, um, it was the, it's definitely been the most welcoming neighborhood that I've ever lived in in any state. Really? It really has been. And we have loved it. In fact, we have made some of the best friends in our whole life. I'm so happy to hear that because I've been in your neighborhood and it's gorgeous mm -hmm. and it's kind, it would be from an outsider, it would be kind of intimidating, right? Like For sure. You're, you're driving be. around these brand new, beautiful houses that are large and, you know, perfectly manicured. I can see how somebody might go, Ooh, this is intimidating, right? Yeah. But it wasn't like that. It was, um, it's a little surreal that we live there, you know, like, um, and yeah, I mean, we had the same thoughts, like, are we, this, this sounds bad, but I feel like we all think through these things. Like, are we the type of people that will live in this neighborhood? Are we going to fit in? You know, we're just, we sold door to door alarms. Like we're not the, I don't know, the lawyer or mm -hmm. whatever, but, um, there's people from all different walks of life, all different careers and the best people you'll ever meet. Um, what was the building process like? So this was actually my first build. I worked with an architect and I did the design from ground up. Um, I'd only done renovations. I've only done, you know, like one-off design at that point. And so I learned so much, <laughs> but it was so fun. It was so fun. The Heart of the Home continues in just a moment. Hey everyone, just letting you know about our accessories collection now on Stag Design Shop. It's growing from candlesticks to rugs to luxurious throws. These items will elevate your home and make great companions to our artwork, pillows, and existing accessories. You can view the new collection for yourself at stagdesignshop.com. That's stag with two Gs. One of the things I love most about your home and your approach is that your home is so beautiful and it's clearly a custom home, but it's still a place where you do a lot of DIY. And I think sometimes people might think like, oh, well, DIY is for, you know, a house when you don't have a huge budget or something like that. But mm -hmm. you really break down that stereotype and you're like, no, anyone can do DIY whether you live in this type of house or this type of house, and let me show you how to do it. Again, it's just really important to me that my kids see that whatever career choice that they make or wherever they are financially, that they can create any kind of home that they want to on whatever kind of budget. And like I said, well, my budget may continue to change, go up or down or whatever, but I love to create things. And I love to design things, but there's like a different gratification level of like designing it out and then actually taking it all the way through with your hands. So. When you, I always tell people when you make something yourself, it's like a different level of pride than totally. buying it in a store. Totally. Right. Or paying somebody else to do it. You can appreciate it when someone else does it, but when you do it yourself and you design it and you map it out and you're the one like, painting and slapping the stuff up on the wall, you walk by and you're like, I am a freaking boss. <laughs> I am the most amazing person. Like, look what I did, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, what? Tell me about some of the projects that you've done in your home. 
Um, I've done a lot of mill work in my, in like most of the bedrooms. There's a lot of painting. Um, there are, you know, wood features. Um, I built my son's hanging bed that's suspended from his ceiling. Um, so it, when we built the home, the main areas I had fully done, you know, from the carpenter and I had the millwork done in the two-story like entryway in the living room. But basically beyond that, I said to my builder, I don't want anything else done because I want these canvases so that I can finish them out as I go. So you seem like somebody that's always thinking about the next project. <laughs> like literally when I'm using my nail gun, I'm like, where, what am I going to be doing next with this nail gun? <laughs> so yeah. And people are always like, well, what are you going to do when you end out of, you know, finish all the projects? Yeah, exactly. And I say, well, I will move because I just, I love the creation part. You know, having a finished home isn't actually where I find joy. I find joy in the process. So, so it's never going to be done. No. Or it'll be the next house. Yeah. Or someone else's house. I've been working on my sister's lately, so. I'm a project person too, right? And my husband is too. Like, we're always like, okay, this house is done. What's the next project, you know? And people think we're crazy. Yeah, I know. Do you get that? Hey, I get you crazy. I get you crazy. Yeah. Thank you. We see eye to eye on this because I got to tell you, like, our families think we're completely insane. (laughs) Do you get that? Like, do your, are your families like, but you're just finishing this and now you're doing something else? Oh, yeah. My, my family always asks me, so you're staying here, right? I'm like, no, I probably will never say this is my forever home. I said that once many years ago and realized that it's just not how I live. What is your favorite project you've ever done? Mm -hmm. Favorite. Well, I recently did a feature wall in my basement that is, well, it's actually on a corner wall. So one side is an asymmetrical design, and I actually used like very traditional millwork um, that was more intricate to match the rest of the molding in my home, but kind of in a more modern way in my basement. And I wrapped it around a corner so that from like the hallway or the living room, the wall looks like an asymmetrical design, but then when you're actually in the basement kitchen, it looks like a symmetrical design because it comes to a point at the corner. Um, I really, I'm pretty proud of that one. I like that one. I love the pose of you in front of it. Like <laughs> you're doing like this dance move and you're holding your, you know, nail gun. And it, I think it's just, it, it makes it fun. I think you have a really fun. fun approach to it. Instead of saying, hey, this is a big project and it's intimidating and the tools are scary you're like, no, look how much fun I'm having creating something amazing. Like I said, I, th- I think it is fun. It's part of the part of the creation. I've always been a creative person Whether you're like, you know, creating a beautiful piece of art on canvas or dressing a body. You know, I am I'm like dressing my home, you know, and I love it. And I think that if you can't find joy in the journey, your life is going to suck. <laughs> Uh, yes, eloquently put. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think very you, eloquently. you've got to find a, a fun way to to get through projects and a fun way to get through life. Yep. And this is your fun way. You've done a couple projects that I'm not kidding. I was watching them happen and they scared me a little bit. I was like, I don't know how this is going to turn out. And there's no coming back from this, right? And yeah. one of them in particular was your lattice pattern on your porch. <laughs> I literally was like, if that paint bleeds... It's not going to go well. Yeah. And it turned out amazing. <laughs> Tell me about a project, though, that has not turned out amazing. Hmm. I'm trying to think. 
Mm. You can't think of any. <laughs> I I can't think of I'm trying to think of anything. I feel like it's just a process and if you're not like there yet, then you're not there yet. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if it doesn't if my, go well. Yeah, if my if my paint bled on my porch, I just wasn't there yet. I don't know. And it's just paint. I can always tile over it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but some people would be like, but if I ruin this, it's going to be so expensive to fix. Or, you know, what gives you that attitude of like, well, it's okay. Like, we'll figure it out. I'll <laughs> adapt or I'll change things as I go. And it's going to turn out great. Well, look, I think when you start DIY, you start with smaller projects. And as you get better, they increasingly grow and grow into more elaborate projects, right? So at this point in my DIY, you know, career, as I say, I feel confident that if I mess something up, I have the ability to fix it at a minimal cost. And actually, that's why I love DIY is because it doesn't really cost that much, you know? What do you want your kids to know about, <laughs> you know, projects and things that are big and intimidating and doing something that they've never done before? Yeah, well, you know, I get my kids involved as much as I can, actually. Um, my my son definitely helped me with his room. Um, right now, I'm currently working on a beam in my basement uh, workout room, putting up a punching bag, and my daughter is going to, she's helping me with that process. But the biggest thing that I want them to know, you know, design or DIY is that if you really want something, you can do it. Like, I feel like we hear this a lot as humans, but not very many of us believe it. Or like you have to like look at your obstacles in your way, like whether they are someone else or yourself, like holding you back. Fear is a big one. Um, people always are saying like, how do you, I just, I'm too scared. I can't do it. And the thing is, is you just have to try. You just have to kind of get out of that box. And I feel like that's a really, really powerful lesson for anyone, especially my children, is to, you know, look at the obstacles and figure out how can I navigate around this? How can I learn from this? How can I look at it as it a challenge rather than an obstacle? What is your husband's response when you're like, I've got this idea? <laughs> so when I first started doing this, he was, I mean, we kind of, we kind of went toe to toe on a few things because he's just, I just don't know, Misha. No, 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 no. Um, at this point, he's just like, yeah, whatever. I mean, it sounds crazy, but I know you'll make it look good. So he has full confidence in me at this point. So, but <laughs> it's, it's, been, take, it's been a process. It's been a process, but that says a lot about his trust in you, right? That yeah. he is willing to just go, okay, I'm not getting it, but <laughs> go for it. I know it'll turn out awesome. He is awesome that way. Um, I feel like he's another big reason why I have the confidence that I do is he's always been so supportive of anything that I wanted to do. He's just that guy. What do you want people who find you on Instagram or online who have never dared do a DIY project yet are looking at you and thinking, oh, maybe it's possible? What would you say to them? I would say it absolutely is. And just start with something small. I mean, even if you've never picked up a paintbrush and painted a wall, there are so many people that have never done that. You can do it. And if it doesn't turn out the way you want it, you can paint over it. You paint. can always come back from it. You can. So you were saying, you know, this isn't your forever home necessarily. You're hesitant to say forever home. What big projects do you have in the works or what thing is next for you? 
So I have a list of three projects that I'm trying to decide on what order I'm going to be doing them in. As again, I'm always thinking, right? I want to finish out my laundry room. So I want to do a backsplash and some wallpaper and actually just finish that space. Um, my upstairs hallway, which I've actually never really shared on Instagram, I'd like to finish that out with some kind of millwork and maybe hanging pendants or something like that. And in my basement, I want, I have a couple ideas of some fun kind of DIYs that maybe I can build some, some type of gaming family adventure down there. Yeah. So those are the things I'm currently mentally working through right now. What What is the project that you're currently finishing right now? Your gym? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that I started when I was pregnant, actually. I was laying in the rubber tiles. I when remember I, <laughs> that. Whew, that was a body ache. But I am just finishing that, um, just wrapping some, some wood around a center beam and uh, hanging a punching bag there. So that should be done this weekend, actually. That's exciting. Yeah. And then you can... I don't know, not work out in there because you'll be too busy doing the next project, right? Um, at least that's what John and I always say. You know, we're always like, we get enough physical activity doing projects. It, totally. You know, um, what would you describe as your design aesthetic? Oh, it's such a hard one. Um, I'm going to throw that question back on you in a second. But my, I would say, oh, Maybe like a relaxed, maybe French provincial with some modern twist in there. Relaxed, modern French provincial. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get any more adjectives in there? I don't know. I don't know. But maybe from an outsider looking in, how would you describe my style? Oh, my gosh. It's a, it's a hard question, I feel like. It is a hard question. And you know, for somebody who's into design, I feel like you like a lot of different styles mm-hmm. usually, you know, yeah. but I do feel like I can look at your home and go, oh, that that has her personal stamp all over it. Right. Yeah. And I feel like I can look at some other designers who are friends of mine, even though they may have a hard time describing that. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can look at something that they've done and gone go, oh, that's what it is. Like, yeah. this is so Misha. Right. Yeah. That brick wall in your bedroom is like, so you. <laughs> I feel you. like that's so you. Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to think how I would describe my personal style. Soulful. Yeah, I can see that. Soulful. Um, comfortable. Uh, I don't know. This is a hard. This is I like hard. This, I like the soulful though. I feel you have a lot of vibrant colors in your design. I do. Yeah. Yes. And I feel like that's very soulful. Yeah. Yeah historical i would yeah. say i like incorporating history into my designs um yeah what you know what do the neighbors say <laughs> when they drive by and you're working on something else or you know they come over for a party and they're like oh my gosh another project like what's the response from people they're used to it at this point i mean my neighbors in the cul-de-sac I'm just out there using my saw and they're just like, there's Misha again. Just what are you doing now? (laughs) When I first moved in, I don't think she knew what to think about me. She was like, are you like a carpenter by trade? (laughs) Can I hire you for my house? (laughs) Uh, Just, you know, this is just what I do on the weekends. Is there anything you would want people to know about you that maybe they don't know by seeing you online or Mm. maybe something that people may have a misconception about you or something like that? Um, 
Well, my formal education is in fashion design. I don't have a degree in interior design and I don't care. I think that interior design is another form of art. And I feel like if you have um, a good grasp on art and composition and color theory, that it translates in any kind of uh, artistic channel you want to go down. And interior design happens to be the one that I am loving right now and will continue to love. I think I found my little, my happy spot. But I think that I would want people to know that there are so many ways to get to a point in a career than just like the one that everyone says you have to do. Does that yeah. make sense? Yes, absolutely. Not everybody has to do business school. Yeah. Or, you know, if, I feel like pivoting is possible no matter where you are in life, right? Like mm. follow the passion that you're going after rather than putting you in a box. Totally. I think. Yeah. I mean, I've some, I'm somebody that's been, people have tried to put me in boxes before and you're like, no. Yeah. yeah. You push, I think as a creative, right? You uh-huh. push back against those, those boxes and you're like, no, I, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And I think you said a key word there is pivoting. Like when an opportunity arises, like being able to like pivot and go for it rather than say, no, that's not my plan. What's on the dream project bucket list for you? Dream project bucket list. I would like, I would like to build another home. I would like to build on one with more land and kind of learn a little bit more about um, landscape and architectural design um, and kind of inc- marry the two in the, my next design more than like just build the house and then do the exterior, but like really find this beautiful unity. Yeah. Kind of incorporating both at the same time. Yeah designing with landscape and home in mind. Yeah. And it's kind of funny, like landscape, it actually intimidates me because I don't have any experience in it. But like anything else, I know I can do it. You just have to take that first step. Yeah. I am so inspired after our conversation. Where can people find you? Remington Avenue on Instagram. And I also have a blog, which is remingtonavenue.com. Where does Remington Avenue come from? I... When I was just starting my blog, I had just had my second daughter, whose name is Remington. We call her Remy. And um, yeah, the rest is history. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yay. I'm Jennifer Stagg, and you've been listening to The Heart of the Home. I hope you'll subscribe, review, and rate this podcast, and tune in next episode for more Heart of the Home. Thank you so much for listening.